New Narratives for the Northeast. Brought to you by New Writing North. Telling fresh stories. Exploring the historical legacies. to the future of the Northeast. Episode 1, Sing the North, featuring original work by David Arnold. I write this in exile during lockdown days, 300 miles from Bambra Beach, where I wanted to start. I tried to set off writing as if we're free to wander as we were before. But we aren't free. And without mention of pandemic, there's no truth. All's illusion. The words are locked. Now I must write myself there. Must write to the edge of the world, to the edge of myself. Let me see my north. Is it sound and song that will take me north? Birds sing and bees buzz and the leaves shift in the breeze. And high above this garden, a skylock sings and sings, exultant as ever, despite all the troubles down below, and I'm lifted from this garden by its song. And hover high above the land, and there it is below, the north. There's the Midlands, and then there's the kind of north, but the northeast is north, you know, that's really north, a place with its own personality. Moorland and forest, rivers and streams, reservoirs and lakes. The northeast does think itself apart and its sons and daughters feel a bit that way all through their lives. Cheviots and Pennines, the Simonside Hills. Often the northeast is just seen as like, oh, it's on the edge in an awkward part of the country to get to. Whereas if you're starting from the northeast, then it is the centre of your world. The North Tyne, the South Tyne, the Cougat. It's got so many characters. You're travelling from North Yorkshire all the way up to Northumberland, to the borders of Scotland. The battlefields and pilgrim ways. If you want to encounter spiritual reawakening, then you have to go to Holy Island. Glowing heather, shining gorse. See those huge moors and the bruised northern skies and get a totally different mood. The long line of the seashore, the broad pale beaches. And every beach has its own personality and its own texture. The archipelago of the fawns, the space, the great expanse of it, the wilderness. You can see the wildness of the northeast all around you. The Durham Hills, the city. When you see Durham Cathedral. Newcastle and Gateshead clustered on the Tyne's banks. When you see the River Tyne, powerful elemental things. It's rugged, it's vibrant. It's industrial. The tender, damaged beauty of it all. The whole of the northeast is, it's this juxtaposition between the beauty and the harshness. They tell us that we live on a tiny, crowded island. I was standing on top of a hill the other day and I looked around 360 degrees. I literally couldn't see anybody. They try to tell us that we are tiny within ourselves. I have the sense in the northeast... You know, it's happy to be on its own. It doesn't want to be assimilated. It doesn't want to be in competition. It knows what it is. Tell them to come up here with the Skylark, to forget what they think they know, and to look down upon the vastness of the North. 
you know, it feels like you can breathe. And I've really felt how lucky we are to have this fresh air and space and tranquility. I grew up in London and when you're in a city, it feels very much as though humanity has control of the environment. But spend a night out in Northumberland and you will realise that that's not the case. Tell them that this is where they might come if they wish to be rewilded. It doesn't even need to be extreme weather. You're just more connected with your surroundings and with the environment. And now the skylark falls, still singing, and leaves me here on the wall. We're just about to go onto Hadrian's Wall. This is it, the edge, the frontier, my desk and chair, the place that I sit and write with the south behind, the north in front. We are on the south side. They were in Britannia, yeah. <laughs> Hard stone crag beneath me, a dizzying drop, then a dark loft, then boggy, rushy fields, stone walls, a couple of farmhouses, spinneys, land mounting towards distant moors. We're this link between Scotland and England. I think that's really important. Pe people in the south, they kind of see us as like being on the frontiers, you know? And then people in Scotland see us as England, but not really the proper England. We stay and write for the freedom of being on this edge. It's that whole thing of those frontier folk up on the wall. Um, and I think that has carved our personality somewhat. This stepping place between the civilised and the wild, the real and the imagined, the body and the soul. When you cross a threshold, either a physical threshold or from one country to another, or a threshold in terms of age, childhood, puberty, there's a sense of absolute unease always because there's uncertainty in all these changes of state. This edge where words can echo in the emptiness and call into eternity. In classical belief, this idea that you have to do something when you cross a boundary. You need to propitiate the gods. <laughs> what mystical nonsense. Perhaps, but isn't it something to be in a place where such nonsense can be thought and thought to make sense? It's interesting now in the, these times of COVID that I think maybe people are, are now beginning to be a little bit more aware of that what it means to be in an uncertain world. Yell your words into the air. Let them mingle and flow with the sounds of the ages-long music of this place. I think for me, perhaps, the most important thing about the North East is it has a kind of cultural identity and heritage that is separate from familiar cliches of England and Englishness. Call them out through your open gob, like Cuthbert called his prayer to God, like Cadman unleashed his spontaneous praise of all creation. Aidan and Cuthbert established the North as a spiritual and cultural centre of pretty much the Christian universe. And yes, with those eternal skylarks singing then and now and evermore and try to make them soar like the buzzard above that now spirals down and picks me up and carries me away. Eastward, across the land of deer, red squirrel, adder and badger and fox towards the beach. The sea, the North Sea, is both powerful in its way and peaceful. And oh, and ouch, the delight of the sea. So bitter, bloody cold. The coldness is where you get what we call an ice cream headache when you 
first go under the cold water. This shock, the shockwave that goes right through your body and it hits behind the back of your eyes as the cold hits you. I'm in it and my bare feet. It's turning gently over me, splish splash, splish splash. As you wade in, as it gets up, you know, over your calves, up to your knees, then you start to feel the muscle of the water. And overall is the deep and eternal roar of it. That the sounds are very different. The waves and seagulls. Just look at that horizon, so sharp and so distinct. The coastline is so beautiful. The sunrises have amazing colours. There's Cuthbert's Island not far off, black rock with the shining drifts of birdshite on it. Bambara Beach, the great pale stretch of it, black outcrops of the windsill, the tender dunes behind, the astonishing castle against the sky, and the grey concrete tank traps put here for the invasion that never came, each year a little deeper in the sand. The surfers, northeast surfers, sit in the sea and you look back at the northeast and you look back at the land and it really gives you a fresh perspective. I always think that. When you look back at the land from the sea, is entirely different. That's the way you need to look at the north, take a new perspective. Turns dance and dive over the waves, sandalings skitter on the shore and take quick wing. The curlew leaves, calling as it flies away. When you take off on a wave, you know, you feel a certain energy under your arms. I think it's almost like you're flying down the wave. I watch birds fly by and I kind of, I feel part of their freedom that they're sort of flying along the tops of the water. A boy runs with his dog yelling, how are you, Jackie? How are you? How are you? Walkers keep their distance from each other. One passes by a few short yards away. He lifts his homemade face mask aside. He's my age, perhaps a little older. Grand dear, he says. Aye. I'd offer you a licorice all sort, lad, he says, but I'm not allowed to do even that. The thing that connects the northeast, the wider northeast, I suppose, is is the warmth. There's there's a cultural kind of warmth, an openness. He laughs as he puts one into his mouth. Strange dears, I say. People say what they mean. <laughs> They're more direct, and I like that <laughs> a lot. As ever there were, these two will pass. In the northeast, as a as a region, I think they have a very secure sense of a history and a culture that in many respects feels older and more venerable than London's does. He seems about to go, but then he says, I never understood why there was hardly ever anybody here. Like they didn't now was here, or like they didn't wonder now. From my doorstep, I can get to the moors, I can get to the coast, I can get to mountains. <laughs> it's just brilliant. A smile, it's true, it mystifies. They'll nah know, won't they, he says, and every bugger will want to come. We've got to keep this quite quiet, because otherwise everyone will move here. Aye, once we're free, once all this is done, who wouldn't want to be in such a place? He slips on his mask again. And welcome to the Massapurs, he says. When you actually, like, live here and you talk to these people, they're all so lovely and they're all, they all care. It's a specific sort of we look after each other kind of kindness here. He wanders on, close by the yelling boy. Away! 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 The lovely voice. The lovely words. The lovely language of the North. Looking at the history of the English language, it's not concrete. In the 1800s, some random southern London people decided these rules for grammar specifically so 
the poor people couldn't access them. So there was this correct way to think and speak. So I kind of decided, like, sod it. <laughs> we can speak however we want to speak. And I think there is a beauty to that. Like, it's much less stiff, our way of speaking. We need new stories of the North to root us, to reclaim, to remember. And those stories need to work in the same way that the sea does. So the sea, it, it unearths and delivers what was hidden, but it also reinvents, changes and transforms what exists. We think the sea is blue, but look again. You read the sea the way that you would read body language. See how in the gentle coming in of the water, all colours shift and change. You're looking for the rises. Pale violets, greens, pale pinks. You're looking for dips, you're looking for those white caps. See flashes of rainbow above the splashing white. You can read the sea, but it never tells the same story twice. That's where the northeast is right now. If you're going to attempt to read the north, read it fresh. And yes, we know that all of this is beautiful. Such beauty could be anywhere, but could it be? Look down. There they are, a thousand thousand jet black fragments, like seeds scattered on pale sand around pale feet. They shift and shift beneath the shallow shifting sea. I would meet an old miner now and again who walks his dog up here and he would tell me stories about him being out working, you know, under the seabed in the mines in the North Sea. And he would tell me, oh yeah, there's a mine that stretches right out there, you know, that we used to work in. Cool. The stuff that's come up from the North's dark heart. Cool. The stuff that fired a revolution that was dug up from here and carried away and that blazed across the world. Coal dust in this gorgeous place. I reached down and pick it and let it lie there on me palm. Our identity, in Teesside at least, is steel and like the mining and Durham and everything. And we've had that taken away from us. It takes us deeper, deeper back through time. We've tried rioting, we've tried protesting. And down to the tunnels beneath much of this land. Like, the steelworks still shut down. Tunnels with bones in them. The mines still shut down. With the sun's locked brightness in them. With death in them. There's definitely this kind of idea that if you, you don't leave for university or you don't leave when you're young, then you're stuck here. To the tunnels within us all who know the North. Working in Ashington, there weren't opportunities for work. The mines had been closed, yet... The stories and the history were so rooted in this one particular narrative, but the world had moved on and the place hadn't. And I think that's something that I connect with the North East in a real way. As somebody who grew up in London, as a second generation immigrant, this idea that industry, culture, the UK has moved to a different place and has forgotten about you a little bit and having to reinvent, having to come up with new narratives, having to, to improvise. Yes, this is the North aching bright beauty with swirling drifts of darkness in it, joy with pain in it, love with loss. People are really proud of that industrial history of the region. And I, I mean, I am as well. Like, you know, I look at some of these people and what they achieved and I think it's amazing and I think it's interesting and I think we need to know it. But I think we lack people who are coming up with stories about the future. I scatter the dust back to the sea. Time passes and light fades and here it comes the deep, dark northern night, and now the stars and now the galaxies. See them stretch across the universe in walls and spirals, again like scattered seed. 
Open your eyes and gaze in wonder. Open your mind and dare to listen for the music of the spheres. Up there is the blazing negative image of what lies at your feet. Each fragment of coal is partnered with a distant star. Each dot of darkness entangled with each bright. And at the heart of it is you, standing in this place, on what they tell us is a little crowded island, on this deserted beach, in this far-flung north, in touch with the depths of the earth and with the furthest galaxy, with the true glittering possibility of yourself. I remember feeling really glad the first time I had the chance to write and publish something about the Northeast. So we, we just have to try and write our, and think our way out of the box. Around arts and, and writing and social enterprise, the Northeast is absolutely amazing and we should be investing in finding it at home. When you think about it as a region and how distinct it is and what is being done there already, it's not only grounds for optimism, it's grounds for celebration now. They don't tell the outside world about that. They don't really celebrate themselves in the way that some other places might do. The sun rises, red ball of fire over inner fawn. The white kittiwakes come, a little flight of them with their kittiwake cries wheeling over the waves. There's no home like it than being in the darkness with those sounds and the sound of the wave. And the sea is just a sound presence that blends with the sound of the birds. And you're never more alive than in that moment. Now southward, over the great beaches of Northumberland, Beadnell, Embleton, Craster, Alnmouth, Dunstanbrook Castle in ruins on its rock. We are never alone. There is always this constant sound of the sea, this, this voice which, which is hushing us or waking us or calling to us. The old mining towns just inland, Ellington, Ashington, Camus. So if you look around here, you notice all those trees that were absolutely bent by the wind, really realise what, what an impact it can have on the landscape and on your mood. Wind turbines are massive in the sea. I'm not sure that even people in the region understand that, you know, the area is a world leader, not a national leader, is a world leader in renewable energy, in wind turbines. The twin piers at the mouth of the town, like welcoming arms. The power of the river to change, and sometimes it's a trickle, and sometimes it's blocked, but it always erodes and gouges out and finds another way, and then eventually it gets to the sea. Follow the town against its floor. Jarrow, Heben, felling on town. Everything is its own. Everything has its own personality. Right the north. There's a romance in the urbanness and the beautiful kind of wildness of it. Write it again. There's this real tension between those who tell the story of the North... Write it better. ..and those in the North who want to tell the story of themselves. Write it new. It's very important that we have our opportunity to speak. Write the North. Write it again. Write it better. Write it new. It feels like a bit of a paradox because we're saying this place has an identity and this huge landmass with all of these people in it have a shared identity, but also there are differences. I think it should be plural, the cultures of the Northeast. Fly over it all with the kiddiewakes. They too are heading home to their nesting sites on the Tyne Bridge and the Baltic. They leave me here on the Millennium Bridge. 
It's hung like a layer between Newcastle and Gateshead, the north and south banks. Me and my friends, we all like sat on the bridge to eat our lunch and we did like the Titanic thing <laughs> over like the edge. And it does take a lot to like make me think something new and like urban is beautiful. But that is definitely beautiful. It's like a symbol of who we are. Beautiful city, bright early morning, solid steel and stone, walls and keys and passageways. The city's rising on either side. Bridges curve against the sky. The Tyne and the Tyne Tunnel, and like the bridges across it as well, are a big sign of industry. They are like a big sign of like what we're capable of. Even in lockdown, the endless gentle hum of it all, flowing water and clear air and kittiwigs calling. The sudden image of the city as it was not so long ago, packed streets, voices, people, traffic. But Newcastle is a much bigger city than it should be on paper. It has the kind of cultural feel of being a huge and quite diverse city. When will it return? Just seeing all of these things just closed, like the Theatre Royal and the, the Tyneside Cinema and all of the, like, Northumberland Street just being silent. I just, I found it really unsettling. When I was a boy, the river below me was filth. Fall in and they'd need to pump your stomach in the RVI. There's a kind of sense of, like, a little bit of optimism as well in terms of, like, this is, this is almost like a blank slate. Can we do things better? Now seals swim in it, cormorants dive, salmon leap in their journey back up to Northumberland. Swallows sweep over and under me. I'm not sure there's anywhere that quite has that same balance between this kind of metropolitan urban area and this quite beautiful, quite dramatic rural area as well. All this wildness come back into the city's heart. At school, um, they always told us that it was called the rural urban fringe, which I've not actually heard like it described in that way by anyone else ever. Um, and we always had to colour it in brown on the map as well. Like they'd give us brown pencils to like colour in the area that we lived. In. <laughs> I lean back and I feel the bridge tremble in the breeze. Yes, the bridge is a liar. There's music as it moves, as its walkways tremble and its cables vibrate. It's like an eye. It's like an eye that blinks. The walkway comes up when there's boats and stuff passing. It's, it's quite a sight when you see it open. It hums, it sings, and we are liars, each one of us, played by the breezes of space and time. Close your eyes and feel your own vibrations. Be a liar, be a bridge. Unreal city, dreamlike city, city like no other, city that I love. Where I tell my friends, come and stay here, we'll show you around. And I take great pride in walking around Newcastle with them, showing them different buildings. I'm really proud of it. You will open again, rise again. I mean, you've got all of the kind of like light stone Granger town and all of that area. And you've got Grey Street and then you've got down the quayside, which it's just so beautiful on a night time as well, like when all the, the sage is lit up and the, the bridges. Time and again we've been told you're finished, you're done. And like Orpheus, you rise and sing time and again. Sing on, Newcastle, young and ancient, civilised and wild. One of the things that makes it feel really different around Newcastle is the town moor, because it's just a huge moorland and there's all these cows all over it. 
I go to the library every day to write and I just cycle over this moorland with these cows around you and that's right in the city centre. I wish we made more of that and I wish more people saw that and went to it and spent time there. Now more than ever might be your time. The cables vibrate. The swallow swoops through them to take me away. Here in the garden where it all began, sun still shines and water runs and skylark sings. Lie among the wildflowers with notebook and pen. Make marks on the page. Create the north. Make marks like birdsong, flowing water, shifting coal dust, swirling stars. Catch Cuthbert's prey and Cadman's song, the wild noise of the hollowbone and the vibrations of a bridge. Be brave, don't doubt. Don't turn to the metropolis and wonder what it might want from you. Instead, wonder what it needs from you. Write this place, your place. Make this the middle of your world and not the fringe. Sing some necessary wildness, some mystical nonsense into our tired, disjointed, corrupt civilization. Sing the north into the south and make it beautiful. And let a boy keep running always through the marks. Let him run with his dog on a northern beach, yelling out to each of us, Away! 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 Narratives for the Northeast is a new writing North commission of the Northeast Cultural Partnership, supported by the Heritage Lottery Fund, and featured original work by David Armand. The series is produced for Dome Book Festival, a Dome County Council festival supported by Dome University and Arts Council England. It was made in York by Sonderbook Productions, with music specially composed and recorded in Newcastle by Jane Dent. Find out more about the project and read the original essays and stories on the Dome Book Festival website. <laughs>